You're listening to The VO Life with Troy Holden. Test one, two. Test one, two. Test one, two. Hello, Mama. Yeah, I like that dramatic lighting you got going on. Test one, two. Test one, two. While you're doing that, I'm going to grab a cup of coffee. Be right back. Hey, good to see you. How y'all are? Dane Scott knows a lot about fiber. He uh, has a very diverse background that, until today, I didn't really know as much about as I thought I did. Um, He has done voiceover in a lot of different ways, not just Fiverr, and a lot of us only know him for being uh, on Fiverr and being the gig doctor and the coach and uh, all the things that he does. You're going to hear and learn some things about Dane that you probably didn't know, because I sure didn't know. Also want to apologize, we may have some delivery truck noise or a dog barking. Uh, I'm not trying to produce a voiceover with a podcast, and I do try to make sure it's quiet, but uh, um, I'm pretty sure I heard a couple of things while we were recording, so bear with us on that, and I hope it doesn't, uh, doesn't ruin the experience. But without further ado... This is the VO Life, positive conversations about living the voiceover life, insight into the business and day-to-day grind of being a regular Joe VO, from the humble beginnings to the finally hitting a new level to getting that first big client. It's all about that VO life. Here's your host, Troy Holden. Well, I know this has been a long time coming. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, but today we want to welcome someone that is going to be a treat to you all today. This is Dane Scott. Welcome, Dane. Hey, good to see you. How y'all are? All us is doing great down there. <laughs> Dane so has nice been to a, talk to you again, Troy. It's great to talk to you. Usually when we're talking, it's it's uh, you're helping me and and we're doing uh, gig doctors. And uh, but this will be great because the opportunity today is I, I want to get you out to more people. I want more people to know about you and what you do. And we Thank have uh, we're building a pretty good uh, crew of listeners. We've had over 2000 downloads the last few weeks. So oh, um, so wow. we're we're That's really nice. picking up business. Um, Excellent. So what I'd like to do is just kind of start with your background and how you eased into voiceover and and the transition you made. Well, uh, it it all depends on how far back you want to go. (laughs) Well, let's go uh, way back. Because I actually start (laughs) – uh, I was involved in, uh, in in drama from like sixth grade and, you know, in different plays and musicals and things through high school, directed a little bit, uh, went on to college, did some theater there, um, decided college was not for me and went to broadcast school uh, because people, you know, with the old, you have a good voice thing, you know. Plus, I, I had a kind of a fascination with uh, with radio anyway, you know. Um, my buddies and I were the type that go around imitating DJs and stuff, you know, so we just kind of had an interest in that. And so um, ultimately went into radio, 1976-ish, and was uh, on the air from 76 to 96 um, in terms of like day-to-day operations. And during that time, lots and lots and lots of using the voice, uh, lots of commercial work, you know, especially that in public affairs, which is another whole genre of voiceover in a way. Uh, But somewhere in about the mid-80s, 
I started, I, I really started, my hair started catching on fire to do voiceovers on the side. I didn't even know them as voiceovers. I just wanted to record commercials and produce commercials and stuff, you know, and so I would, I got booked to uh, travel to uh, the center of the state to go and do a voiceover at, uh, you know, at a studio over there. And oh boy, did I feel like that was big time. It was, that was fun. And so there was that. And um, in about 90, thereabouts, um, I got a cassette tape series from Susan Berkeley. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She's wonderful. Uh, she's a great voiceover person. She's got a really fun personality. And uh, she had a thing called How to Make Big Bucks Doing Voiceovers. <laughs> so I got this this cassette series. It came in one of those albums of cassettes. And I listened through it and I took notes and I uh, really took it to heart. And I started making the phone calls and keeping, uh, you know, she had index cards. I went with a uh, you know, an early um, personal information manager, a PIM, you know, and I uh, started calling around. I got an agent. And um, by the time it was by, by about 95-ish, it was looking like I was going to be able to really kind of make things roll in that direction. Uh, and so I spent about a year kind of prepping and building myself up in that. And in 96, um, I was making more on the side than I was at the radio station and it was time to say, you know, let's move on. So th at that point, that's what I did and, uh, have been, and, and then, you know, did some voiceover stuff, but then I got kind of, um, sidetracked because I had a fascination uh, still with radio. And so I developed a radio automation system and was, uh, involved with that for almost 20 years. Huh. <laughs> so wow. it was only within about the last five that while that was still going on, I started going, you know. If I'm going to still do this, I better start pretty soon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so um, right. I, you know, I've been doing more with that. I saw Lance Tomashino's uh, Lance Tomashimo Shino's mm -hmm. old course, Shiro's course, Thomas Shiro's course, and uh, I again took that to heart and started up on Fiverr in uh, 2017. And lo and behold, you know, I started cranking on there, and uh, it's gone well. And so at this point, that's kind of my primary source of income, though also doing the gig doctor and uh, voiceover coaching mm -hmm, as well. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Wonderful. What a great story. And the thing that I, I almost bet a lot of people didn't know, I think they, they're going to know you had the radio background, but having agents and you work through agents, oh. I just wonder, because everybody associates you as Fiverr and the gig doctor, you know, mm -hmm. so that I'm glad you, you walk through all that because now they can say, oh, Dane worked that side of the business as well. Still so, do. Yeah. Uh, still do. Yeah. I, I don't have an agent, but I still do the, the direct freelancing sure. with agencies and stuff, you know. So um, I still travel to um, other cities and record my voice and that sort of thing, too. So um, I get... I get the viewpoints of the people who are anti-Fiverr and the people who are pro-Fiverr. And when I first came into, into Fiverr, I was, you know, it's like, five bucks. Right, <laughs> right. I, was, I, I had it on occasion been making, you know, 3000 an hour uh, just you know, wrapping out commercials. And it was like, whoa, you know, this is a shock to the system. But the thing is, it, you know, these, uh, these big bursts that you get in these, these big gigs, they don't, you know, they don't carry over from one to the next unless you're an awfully good and really established performer. So, um, you know, there was logic in my just going ahead and, you know, seeing what I could do on Fiverr. And ultimately I found out, you know what, over time you can get things to the point where you're, you're billing pretty decently per job on Fiverr. It's not five bucks, you know, it's, it's not 10 times that it can be 20 times that or even more. So yeah, it's, it's, um, 
it, it's a fun place to work. I, also, the other thing I, I love, Troy, is the fact that it's there's regular stuff to do, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> if right. you like what you're doing, you don't want to sit there and, and, you know, you want to be doing it. And so, you know, when you get orders uh, every day that let you do all different kinds of things, that's fun. That's oh, yeah, really fun. absolutely. And that's what I love about it. Of course, I'm not mm-hmm. as I'm not as busy as you are there, but I, I get that. Um, and it's very interesting. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the pros and cons and how people feel about that. I just signed with my first agent this week. Um, hey. And yeah, I'm very excited about it, but uh, they have not mentioned Fiverr. They hadn't said anything about Fiverr. I don't on my regular Facebook page. I don't talk about what I do, um, you know, with voiceover or anything. I have a specific page for that, and I do mm-hmm. there. But um, they didn't ask, so I didn't tell. <laughs> so and if don't they, ask, don't tell. Yeah, right? and if they do ask, I may, you know, I may have to tell. But I've really watched it go from, as you said, the $5 stuff to the 150 the 200 You know, there's it's really, really changed for me over the past uh, six months. It's really changed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not yep. as busy as I'd like to be, but I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that I'm building it and I'm trying to build it the right way. Um, so, so tell us some of the things that you do to, to that people that are just getting into this, not maybe just getting into voiceover, but entering into Fiverr, some of the services Fiverr in and general, things. right? Yeah. In general, some of the things that you can do for those folks. I'm glad that you mentioned that too. And, uh, just want to let uh, people know that as of today, officially, <laughs> this is July 1st, um, I've started offering the gig doctor service on Fiverr. And, and part of the significance of that is that, you know, it's up until now, I've been so much just involved with the voiceover community, you know, the mm-hmm. people that do mm-hmm. voiceover on Fiverr. And it just, uh, you know, I was reading something the other day about the fact that there are like 3.4 million sellers on Fiverr. And how many of them are really succeeding? You know, how many are just languishing? Um, you know, for everyone that's doing well, there's probably 100 or 200 that are saying, why can't I get any traction going? So... Um, the, that I just, you kind of got me off on, on that just because that was on the top of my mind. So we have to rewind now and, and give me your question again. No, you, you're, you're right, right there. You're right on track with it because it's, it's people that are new to Fiverr. They may not be new to what they do, but Fiverr is a new place for them to come and they need to learn how to get themselves right. going. Okay. So for the newcomers to Fiverr is what you were saying. Uh, what are the things that people really need to understand if they want to try and make mm-hmm. make some forward progress? Is that it? Okay, good. Um, yeah, I there are more than three things uh, that need to happen for sure. As a matter of fact, I'm writing a document right now that's I'm calling the five things you must do to succeed on Fiverr. And uh, if you'd like, I can provide you with a link to that PDF that you can supply as a kind of a freebie to your podcast people. Oh, sure. Uh, So I'll have that for you. But um, here are three of them. And if you you aren't hitting on all three of these cylinders, odds are you're not going to do well on Fiverr. Maybe you won't do anything on Fiverr. So there are three things that have to happen. Number one, you have to be found. You have to show up and search. And there's, that's a whole thing. You know, it's, it's not just like, okay, then I'll just will myself to be found on Fiverr and I'll be on the first page. Uh, there is a process to that. Uh, there's a method to the madness involved, which gets a little bit more deep than we would have to spend uh, right now in a podcast. But uh, you have to do the things with your gig that are going to help you to get found. So that's number one. 
Number two, you have to be noticed. And I'll make the distinction there. It's not a matter of being noticed in search. It's being a matter of being noticed within a search. Um, when Fiverr brings up its search results, or when you bring up Fiverr search results, it shows you one page at a time of thumbnails with about five per row by 10 down. So if you do some really quick math on that, and you know, being the brilliant guy you are, I think you probably can immediately tell me that it's about 50 hits per, mm. per page, right? Right. right. <laughs> so um, yeah, so it's about, a, it's a 50, word, it's 50 gigs on a page. And so if you scroll down, you know, you get down a little bit, a little bit down on the page, you'll, okay, you've come to the bottom and then it says next page, next page, next page. And if the search you're doing is for something that's fairly common, you can be going next, next, next for a really long time. Mm -hmm. um, if you do, for example, a search for professional voiceover, uh, you get 29,000 hits. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you do a search for deep bass over, you still get 2,900 and some hits. Mm -hmm. just for something even as specific as deep bass over. So how do you get yourself to come up in this, you know, how do you get your comeuppance going on there? How do you get <laughs> into this, the front page of search? That's important. But let's say that you have, let's say you're on that first page or that second page and people are scrolling down. How are you going to catch their attention? And this is something that maybe people don't think about enough. But imagine um, we have here, and maybe it's a national company, I don't know, it's called Ord. Ord is a billboard company, and you, you see their billboards all over. And as you drive along, there are certain billboards you'll see, not related to Ord, but just speaking in general about billboards. Uh, there are certain ones that when I drive past them, I just go, what were they thinking? You know, because there's all this stuff on the billboard. You know, there's all this, this fine text uh, or confusing imagery or, you know, it's like you can't take it in at a glance. Mm -hmm. that, that's the problem. You just cannot take it in all at a glance. And, you know, what do you do? Do you spend your time looking over, you know, over the, at the side of the road or do you, you look straight ahead again and you go past the billboard? So uh, this isn't a, a perfect analogy, but that's kind of what's happening in search. People are kind of basically going down the search highway there. And unless they really, they, you catch their eye, you know, with what you've got in your gig image, mm -hmm they're going to fly right past you. Right. And so the number one then is to be found. Number two is you've got to catch their attention. You got to catch their eye. And number three is kind of a combination thing. You have to blow them away with what you offer for what you ask. The combination of the two. Um, you can have a fabulous demo, but be priced so high that on people on Fiverr go, Hmm, that's more than I can pay, you know. Well, you, you, you've, you've preserved your pride, you know. You've asked what, if you want to look at uh, the pricing based on what the world outside of Fiverr charges, you're, you're certainly legitimate and maybe you're even still low. But the people on Fiverr are expecting a deal. So, you know, sometimes you have to kind of say, okay, how much am I willing to kind of compromise a little bit here to make sure that whatever I'm offering is going to be um, tenable to people in terms of price? And uh, so you have, but, but, there's, but there's, so there's the two things. But if you don't have great product to start with, it doesn't really matter what you're charging, you know, uh, unless you're just kind of, you're so-so and your price is really cheap, then people, you know, they might, they might order some from you that way. Uh, but ultimately, it's important that you're 
gig demo and your gig image, which kind of are part of the part and parcel of the same thing. And sometimes the gig image actually is from the video of your demo uh, that when they go to that gig, when they play that play button or look at your portfolio of stuff, it has to be where they're like, whoa, that's professional. Mm-hmm. That looks really great. That sounds really great. Right. You know, I can see how that would work really well for my situation or for my corporation or for my team or whatever it is that you're offering. Mm-hmm. And then they look across over onto the other side there and they look at the pricing and they go, oh, I can handle that. You know? Right. So right. When, if you can, you know, that's the hat trick, as they say in hockey. Okay. Get found, get noticed, and then blow them away with the price versus what you offer. You get those three things to happen, you're going to get orders. Right. You know, you're right. you're going to get what they call conversions, you know, where the people who have seen you, those are impressions, click on you. That's the clicks. And then the conversion is where they go, I'm buying. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I'm good with this guy. And then if obviously... Uh, and this goes into like four and five, the other things that I'll be talking about in that PDF related to how do you treat them? You know, what's your communication like? What is your product like? You know, it's great to have a great demo, but can you then deliver something of equally good quality to the customer? You know, and they're going to make that comparison. You know, if what you <laughs> if what they get from you isn't as good as what your demo was, uh, you, you may not be getting the best review. Yeah. So there's yeah. Another, another thing. Yeah. And, and you hear the opposite also that, uh, some people have these fantastic, highly produced demos, but they can't reproduce that at home. And that's, that's a danger. It is. Um, yes. you know, I, I, it, you know, we were, we're talking to more people that I think here than just voiceover people, but, uh, let me just, uh, suggest to you that going out and spending two, three, four, five thousand dollars on a professionally produced demo, uh, if you can if you can reproduce that, you know, if all if you, all you can cook is hamburger and you go out and you pay two, three, four thousand dollars for a steak demo, people are going to expect that steak. You know, right. and if, if you right. can't reproduce that when it comes time to do the delivery of the order, you at least, at minimum, people will be disappointed, and they may also be like verbally disappointed, where yes. they're going to actually leave a review that says this guy sounds nothing like his demo. That would be a horrible thing, you know. Oh yes, I just Absolutely. I would feel just awful if somebody said that. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I for that reason, I'm not a big advocate of of really highly processed sounding demos where they have lots and lots of punch and power, uh, because not everybody wants their voiceovers delivered like that. And so Correct. if we deliver everything like that, people are going to sometimes ask you to back off. So I would rather you know, give them something both in my demo and in my voiceover that is basically just me. It's just how I sound and let them do whatever kind of window dressing they want. If you've got a mic, I've got a mic here that ha- it happens to love my voice. I did a lot of searching over many years to come to the point where I you know, came to found one that I could go, this is it, man. I was actually at a studio uh, in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and uh, did a voiceover in the booth, stepped out afterwards, and they were playing it back through the speakers, and I just went, wow, <laughs> what are you doing to that? You know, is it all processed up or what? He said, no, that's just the mic. So I ran back into the booth, and it was a uh, Neumann mic. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, 
ironically, wouldn't you know, it would turn out to be a Neumann, you know, that I had to fall in love with. So expensive taste, but it doesn't always necessarily have to be that. Sometimes the, the cheapest mic in the world just happens to be a great match with someone's voice. And then you don't really have to go into something real super expensive. Uh, so what you mainly want to do is just look for a voice that a match for your voice, a mm -hmm. mic that loves your voice. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I've heard a lot of people um, recording on the MXLs, which are, you know, $100, $125. And they're they're really, really good because, as you said, they match their voice. Um, another question that I had. I'm going to show you the, something here real quick, Troy. Oh, yeah, sure. There, yeah, look at this there. Little, it's a little cheapy here. It's, it looks That's like called a five fine. fine. Mm -hmm. I did a review of this, actually. I compared this with the TLM 103 Neumann, mm -hmm. and uh, I've got that up on YouTube. But quite honestly, I think this this little under $50 microphone does a pretty darn good job. So They are. Yeah, I have one of those myself. Mm -hmm. They are. Yeah, they are that's handy. actually my backup to my U87, so uh -huh. figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, uh, another question that I have, and, and you're um, – you're a busy guy, so you're you're juggling some co coaching and and your work and all that. What's your schedule like during the day? What's the average day for you? You know, you'd be a little surprised. I think um, I probably put in about a half a day of work per day. Uh, I go out and walk in the morning, listen to an audio book, come in for my first appointment. Usually somewhere around seven, eight, or nine. It's a gig doctor or a coaching session or whatever. And then, you know, there'll be scattered sessions of coaching and gig doctor through the course of the morning. And in between, I'll pop in, you know, open the mic and uh, do voiceovers and be saving those out. And often by one o'clock in the afternoon, I'm pretty much done, um, you know, and I'm hitting the park, going out and doing some more walking and so forth. So it's it's about a half day idea these days. Mm -hmm. Though, the uh, frankly, I'm, I'm going to start stepping that up a little bit. I've uh, for example, today I, I went from uh, from nine until I actually probably work nine to five. Wow. How about that? <laughs> like the good old days. <laughs> yeah. So advice that you might have for people that are getting into voiceover, uh, they're going to get on these platforms and and they they they're going to come get some advice and coaching from you. But going a little further with that, long-term advice, to be successful at what they're going to do, uh, what would you advise people to do? Practice. Practice. That's practice. wonderful. Uh, yeah. Um, the thing is, you don't get a lot of practice in terms of actual orders right at first. So that means that you basically, uh, you know, before I ever played in a band, I sat in the basement of my folks' house as a teenager listening to Led Zeppelin albums, and I had a a silver tone bass guitar and I sat there and I down 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 da, da, da. so I was like playing along with these albums mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and imagining myself in a band okay so it's kind of that same process what you're doing is you're imagining yourself doing voiceovers for real so you go out to these sites that have got tons and tons of free scripts and frankly when I was in broadcast school they said you can basically read anything to get practice reading you know, they, they said, we don't care if you go out and grab an encyclopedia or, uh, you know, the Bible or a catalog or a magazine or whatever, just read and read and read. And what happens, I think, is that you build up engrams in your brain over time, you know, and it, you start remapping. And so that as you're, as you start reading aloud, just things naturally start to come, you know, and I can remember a point at which uh, suddenly it was like somebody had kind of flipped a switch. 
it was somewhere in the process of those hour-long practice sessions that we did every night in broadcast school uh, where we'd basically read into a cassette recorder. I'm making myself sound so bloody old here. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? you got to face reality. Um, reading into a cassette recorder every night and... I was, and then of course, you know, the ego has you listening back to that stuff afterwards. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And, and I suddenly, it was like, whoa, you know, I had found a path forward, you might say, or something. I could just tell that I'd kind of, I jumped a wall and it was starting to sound much more professional, much more fluent. Um, some style was developing. And um, another part of the answer to your question along with practice is, is, and it's part of the benefit of practice, is finding what you have. And I am still discovering new little niches in my voice, things that I can do with it that I didn't realize. It was only about two years ago or so that I was messing around with... Um, I think the I found the copy from the intro to The Lord of the Rings. And that's obviously, that's a female. By the way, she, she's great in that. In that intro, voiceover is fabulous because it's subtle and it's just beautiful. But, I, you know, it always kind of inspired me the way that she goes, the world has changed, you know, and it's like somewhere between a whisper and speech. Uh, in, in my coaching sessions, uh, I, I tend to call it quiet the baby sleeping. The world is changed. It just, and, and when I found it, it was like, okay. I mean, you can find stuff and go, well, that'd be cool if I could do it, but I can't. <laughs> My voice right. just doesn't do it. If I try to do Rod Serling, it never quite works. Even if I imitate line for line, inflection for inflection, I can never quite get it because his voice sounds different, you know? And so there's, <laughs> there's only so much you can do to make your voice sound like somebody. Uh, but by experimenting, take the same copy and read it every way that you can think of, even ridiculous ways. Maybe you've got a, P a public service announcement for the American Red Cross that says, um, all across America, people just like you are making a difference. Okay, I'm just making stuff up here. Okay, so all across America, people like you are making a difference. All right, so maybe the first thing that you do is you'd say, all across America, people just like you are making a difference. Okay, so that'd be kind of like an, a logical, you know, thoughtful. Uh, but then maybe we want to we want to take it in the other direction. So, all across America, people just like you are making a difference. Now that wouldn't be appropriate to this, but that mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Okay, what mm -hmm. we're doing is we're experimenting with our voice. All across America, people just like you. Are look are make trying to make a difference. <laughs> so you know, um, all across America, people just like you and Troy are trying to make a difference. Mm -hmm. Okay, so experiment around. <laughs> right. See what right. your voice can do, and you, sometimes you'll be surprised at what you can pull out of your voice mm -hmm. just by messing around. Yeah. And what I suggest, and maybe I'm taking too long with all of this, but you stop me if I'm oh, going over. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. This is great. Uh, what I suggest is um, take kind of take the broadcasting school approach a little bit. Uh, sit down with whatever you like to record in and record for, but give yourself a time. Say, okay, between 6 and 6.30 at night, 
maybe you get the family fed and you're just finally able to settle down rather than just starting your Netflix binge at six, start it at 6.30, you know, <laughs> uh, give yourself some time in the booth there to record and start recording. Don't stop. Just, just keep rolling and record for a half hour and then hit save. Save it in a folder called practice and you could give it that day's date as the file name. Okay. Next date, just create a new file and keep going. But the other thing is you want to be like a bomber pilot or like the bombardier, bombardier, the guy that pushes the button, right? In the back of the plane to drop the bomb. So as you're going along, uh, know how to, on my keyboard with uh, my app here, uh, it's M for marker. Okay. So we want to drop marker bombs as we're going along. Uh, you don't want to stop. You don't want to interrupt the practice. But let's say that you were reading and you said something like, all across America, people just like you are making a difference. And you went, ooh, ooh, marker. Okay. So you reach, you say, okay, that one was actually pretty good. Maybe I'll keep that. And it's not because it's going to be used for anything, but because it's useful for you to know you've just discovered something that you don't want to forget. If you're like me, it's going to be gone. The next day, it's like, what, what was it that I did that I really liked? Well, if you hadn't been recording and if you hadn't dropped a marker, good luck finding that, right? Right. So right. at the end of the practice session, go back to your markers, which you've just dropped. You've dropped your bombs there, right? Go back to your markers, double click on each one and type in a notation along with that. So you're saying, um, good medium style read, um, good monster voice. <laughs> you know, whatever it is that you came up with, a uh, uh -huh. good mysterious sounding voice, good, cute little kid voice, uh, you know, whatever it is, uh, cute, cute Martian voice, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, right. as you hit on these things, drop a marker mm -hmm. because then you can go back and can listen to them. And if you're like me, there's a, there's like a little, little playback. It's a short term loop in your brain. You know, it's the same thing that if you say a, a phone number out, out loud, it's like it goes into a little recorder just inside your auditory sensor or something, and you can you can play it back. And not only can you remember the number, but you could probably remember how your voice sounded when you said the number. 8674132. Okay. 8674132. I was able to reproduce that because the loop was right there. And so by the same token, if you've recorded, you've dropped these bombs and you go back and you're listening back to your recording, you can, you can listen to that and rewrite it into your loop there and then practice it some more. Now you're starting to reinforce it, and pretty soon it's part of your repertoire. You know, and if you've got this thing that's like, oh, this rocks, this one's going to be useful, this is going to be a money voice, I could actually use this. Uh, practice it enough so that you can sustain it over a long read. Because it's one thing to be able to say, the world has changed. It's another thing to be able to do the whole intro to Lord of the Rings and sustain that all the way yes. through. Okay. Yes. So that's, it's at the point where you actually have developed a style to the point where you can sustain it through a, a whole audio book or through, uh, you know, a video game uh, as a role in a video game or, or a full e-learning narration or whatever it is. At that point, you've got something real, but right. where it starts is with practice. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that's, that scares some people is they're afraid they're going to be practicing poorly, that they'll lead bad practice leading to bad habits. Mm -hmm. 
coaching early on could help you avoid that, correct? That's that's a perfectly thought out way of saying it. Yeah, absolutely true. Um, and I think that, yeah, it, even if you're not like getting coaching constantly, uh, just what you described, I think is a really good reason to at least check in with a coach as you're developing in your process. And obviously the more you have regular coaching, the faster you'll progress because you'll be getting more feedback. You'll get, you basically get assignments to say, okay, well, you know, this, this coming week now, um, you know, we've already identified that you really sound quite good uh, doing industrial narrate corporate things. You just seem to fall into a, you have a really nice voice for corporate stuff. Let's spend some time over the next week having you do corporate reads, record them, practice them, uh, try to make them not just sound corporate, but human at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. these might, might be the kind of things that you're told uh, in your session. Um, you know, you, you can't just talk down to someone in a corporate. You need to sound like the corporate has a personality and you're, you're representing it. You are the, the personality of the corporation or whatever, you know. And so those might be the sorts of guidance that I might give to someone to say, Yes, be corporate. Yes, be uh, sound um, confident and positive. Uh, but at the same time, make it friendly. Make it make it like a nice person who's confident, the kind of person that you'd want to work with. Mm-hmm. That's our corporation, you know. Right, right. And so then I'd send them off with something like that and have them work on it. Right. Awesome. Uh, I really like that approach. That is, uh, uh, yeah. And, and for those of you out there that are fairly new, if you haven't had any formal coaching here, this guy right here is a great place to go, a good place to start. Um, and we'll we'll give you some information at the end uh, end of the interview. And also we'll, we'll tag some things uh, into Apple and Spotify where you can reach out and find Dane. Um, I've got one last question. And, and this may be somewhat interesting because in, in the lead-in, you mentioned I decided to drop out of college and go to broadcast school. Now you have an opportunity now to go back and tell young Dane, this is what we'd have done different had I known then what I know now. What would you tell young Dane? Well, it wouldn't have been to stay in college in my own case. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that would be... You know, it's just like some people can enlist in the military and it's a good decision and for other people it's not. It was the same kind of thing. It was like I just enlisted in something that was not the right thing for me. When I went to broadcast school, it was like, whoa, this is so much better for me. So from that standpoint, it was great. But if I were, if people were asking me, okay, should you have started out in radio? Maybe, but radio is basically being a fry cook. Unless you really, really are awfully, awfully good, you're going to always be in this little market and you're never going to make a whole lot. So I stayed in radio too long. So I think that my advice would have been get going on voiceover sooner and develop that part of it, you know, quicker. Because, you know, you don't put, if you're not putting much money aside and 20 years goes by, now you're pedaling extra fast to make up for that, you know. So that's been something that I've had to do. And, that's why I'm really grateful to God that uh, Fiverr has done as well as it has, because this is helping me to kind of get caught up a little bit on that side of things. So my advice would be, well, let's see, um, just speaking of people that are starting out, they've got a hankering for voiceover. Hmm. I don't want to give bad advice here, but I, I guess what I would say is investigate things thoroughly. Don't. Oh, here we go. This is a good one. Don't go out and spend a whole bunch of money on voiceover stuff. Right. You know, right. if you're going to spend on anything, this sounds self-serving, but 
get some professional help with your work. I mean, this is basically, that's the, like the going to school part, right? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, right. Uh, get some coaching, get some assistance with that because everything else can come with time. You can start out with the little 3995 microphone and make money. If, if my main mic were to break tonight, I could plug this in and go keep, keep right on going. Mm -hmm. I could literally do that. Yeah. So don't go out and spend a whole bunch of money. Don't go and buy yourself a whisper room right away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, don't spend thousands of dollars on all that stuff. You don't need it to start with. Uh, even if you need to go and, and sit in your car initially, the acoustics in a car are pretty darn good. They're actually better than a closet. You know, pe a lot of people will go in closet. A closet can be fine too. Sitting amongst your clothes and huddled over, you know, a, a little desk or something. Uh, that can be fine too. Uh, but in my own case, I'm just using a bedroom. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got some acoustic panels on the back wall now, and I've done a few things to, to treat it. But frankly, coming from my radio background, I don't feel an absolute conviction about the need to be in a little tiny, you know, boxed in area. And I almost kind of like a little bit of more of the live sounds because of my radio background, probably. So right. you don't assume that you absolutely have to have everything perfect to start with. And when it comes to practicing, you don't need any of that. Just the, the cheapest little USB mic to get yourself going, something to record into a, a laptop or a PC or something. And just the main thing is just spend your time on developing your skills. Practice a lot and get feedback. Awesome. Awesome. Great advice. Great advice. So the quickest way to reach out and, and find you is? Uh, probably for almost everything, thegigdoctor.com. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, that you can get coaching there. You can get the gig doctor, which is uh, a, a one-hour appointment where we actually go through your Fiverr gig top to bottom, make sure we got all of those three main things happening well, mm -hmm. and plus uh, a number of other things too and some tips and tricks and going over your demo, determining what your pricing probably ought to be at this stage in your career. Um, this can be a real big deal. So that's uh, there, that's at thegigdoctor.com. And also the uh, the coaching and then the head slappers, which are some videos to help you earn more on Fiverr. Mm -hmm. Great, great. Dane, I can't thank you enough for taking time in your afternoon after your normal work hours, pretty much. We really appreciate it. And I know people are going to be excited to uh, to listen to you and hear you live and hear your advice. And, uh, and I'm sure several will be reaching out to you soon. And I definitely encourage him to do that. Dane's helped me quite a bit, and I'm sure he can help you as well. So thank You're you so much. You're a good interviewer, man. Well, thank you. You, you thank do a you. good job with this. Uh, you're a very gracious host and uh, ask good questions. So this was fun. Yeah, well, I always enjoy good. talking to you. So any old time, man. Anytime, anytime. Thank you so much. And um, gosh, we may have to do this again. You never know. I'd love it. Take All care, right. man. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to The VO Life with Troy Holden. Check back for more episodes each week and catch up on what you've missed also. This is for you those just living that VO life. Thanks for listening and join us again. The VO life intro is by Louise Porter. The outro by Liz Moya. You can pick us up on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple, and many other podcast carriers. Need to send me an email? Do it today. Troy at TroyHoldenVoices.com. Thanks for listening. 
has been The VO Life with Troy Holden on Spotify, Apple, Google, and more. 